So welcome everyone to the next episode of the Banquet Hall. I know some of y'all probably are like, we have this Banquet Hall podcast, but no food. So this is the food episode of the Banquet Hall. I'm blessed to be joined with my friend, uh, Paolo, aka Cooking Pow Pow. Pow, how are you doing today? Doing phenomenal. We out here. It's a great day to be at the Banquet Hall. I'm very excited. Very excited as well. I think you might be the first resident chef of the Banquet Hall. So um, (laughs) no pressure. No pressure at all. But the one thing I wish I would have done, I should have picked up a plate from you prior to this episode. Yeah, it could have been like real. a like a dining chat. Maybe that'll be the next time you're on the bank yeah. hall. We do a live episode and we'll have food and whatnot. Yeah, I'll cater. I got you. All the cookies, all the fun stuff, whatever. You you name it, I got you. I appreciate that so much. Um, before we get into the questions, I did want to, at least for the folks watching on video on Spotify and YouTube, you have a new logo slash like print on your Zoom background. Yeah, yeah. shout out. Thank you very much for the call. Yeah, this is the official debut of the new Cooking Pow Pow logo. I think it was a long time coming. Um, I was saying we got to make it official. We got to like, I think once I get a logo, it's going to feel like, all right, this is this is happening. You know, it's um, really exciting. This is the, uh, you know, it's a little C for cooking, or is it C for cooking, P for pow pow, and then the Filipino sun to represent, you know, the culture that I'm bringing to the table. So very excited to share with you all and then make that announcement on Instagram when the day comes. So Awesome. So Banco Hall, we get the exclusives, or at least I get the exclusives. I don't know if it's, <laughs> the post is going to come before this episode airs, but either way, it's a Banco Hall exclusive and I'm yeah, here for it. Uh, so let's get right into it. The first question that I always ask my guests is just talking a little bit about where you call home, where you're from, and what does that mean for you? So where's home for you, pal? Uh, yeah, loaded question. I think when I think about home, I I'm, I feel like I'm blessed to be able to find a home in the different spaces that I've been able to call home. But um, if we're getting to the technicalities of it, the LA area, I say area because I know the Valley's not technically LA, if you will. LA County, but grew up in the Valley, um, Reseda, California, went back and forth between Reseda, Granada Hills, um, a little bit of North Hills now, um, but went to high school and my mom's still up in Santa Clarita. So calling all of LA, if you will, home, sometimes Inglewood when I'm with Dom's family, but you know, um, lately for the past 10 years, uh, yikes nine, 10 years. It's been here in San Diego. So here in Mayor Mesa, um, based in San Diego lately, um, but officially technically from Santa Clarita, if you will. And as a LA Angelino native, I appreciate the <laughs> disclaimer on the Valley versus <laughs> actual <Yeah>. Los <laughs> Angeles, not to shade the people from the no, Valley. No, but... no, but eight, I, I will say like 310 versus 818, it's a little different, but um, I do acknowledge that I I can claim LA without really being from LA, but you know, shout out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the LA discussion is mainly going to be for another episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think it, while we're on the topic, I think it's very funny. When I came to UCSD, there are so many people that like, when we do like the intros and icebreakers, they're like, oh, I'm from LA. Then I'd be like, oh, I'm from LA too. Where are you from? And they'd be like, oh, I'm from 
uh, Corona. I'm like, bro. <laughs> oh, all right. So LA, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I had a friend and you just claim in LA. And then <laughs> one of my students one time, she was like, oh, I'm from Los Angeles, Orange County. I'm like, what, what are you? No. It's different. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, that's the thing. Like when I came to San Diego, I felt like saying LA as like that broad term just made it easier. Cause I think, you know, if you're from LA, you know, like the different, what do you call it? like areas if you will like the valley versus like i mean i guess simi is technically its own like side area and then santa Clarita is also technically la county but it's on the other side of some mountains so can you really call it la so yeah i i think that's why i i when when i first came to sd2 i was like la for, for simplicity but then but then you know when when they're from here you're like oh shit actually not la but you, you get it <laughs> like, yeah like i totally get the simplicity i think especially once i started traveling outside of california i'm like yeah no one knows where the san fernando valley is like i understand like but it's just so funny when people like when there's someone from la in the audience or somebody does that and it's like um excuse me what part and then they like start sweating and whatnot (laughs) yeah (laughs) me i was the one sweating i'm like well actually the valley and also to clarify the valley Central Valley, shout out to you all, but it's not the Valley. San Fernando Valley is the Valley. When you say the Valley, San Fernando, just gotta just gotta make it clear. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We're not gonna start a war with the Central <laughs> Valley folks yet. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh no, you good? We you know we have the Central Valley friends, those yeah. Central Valley homies, but yeah, I the... can't agree with you. The Valley is definitely not the Central Valley. <laughs> yeah. But let's go a little bit further down Southern California and talk about UC San Diego. So yeah. uh, you and almost everyone else I've interviewed on this podcast so far, I met at UCSD with the exception of a couple of people. Um, so just talk about, first, let's talk about the journey getting to UCSD, which made yeah. you want to go to UCSD in the first place. Uh, great question. I think for me, I didn't know what I was applying to at the time of application season. I think, you know, being the first of my siblings to, or first of my cousins even to move away for college, um, there was kind of, for me, like a vision that I had for myself that I will move out once once high school's over. I want to experience life outside of the LA area and just, you know, I didn't apply to UCLA. I didn't apply to Irvine. I was like, get me as far as I can while still being close enough to home that um, because at the time I had braces too so I had to go home every month to get them tightened and all these things which I think about it now in retrospect I don't know if that was a plan that my mom had just to keep me coming back for the first few months um no I'm just kidding but um yeah it was it was far enough that um you know it was close to home but also like I had my own separation of having my own area out here in San Diego and was able to really you know, re-rebuild and reestablish who I was and find that discovery of who I wanted to be without the, the, I don't want to call it suffocation, you know, like the pressure and the eyes of family yeah. always being in the house, you know. Um, but also too, like, I think uh, back to high school and just that exploration of what is college? What is it that I'm really looking for? Um, and at the time I wanted to, I, I, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I thought I was going to be a scientist. I went to school for biochemistry. Um, and I was like, oh, UCSD is really good for science. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, didn't know what I was applying for. Um, luckily, by you know the grace of the universe and whatnot, I'm just really grateful that I did get into UCSD. Um, it was kind of like one of those blind shots where I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. If that all else fails, I can go to CSUN, go to Cal State Northridge. Um, if I, you know, if, if I needed to, I would have been okay with it. But 
you know, that, that, that journey to get to UCSD was a lot of like, let's just figure, like, let's see, let's do it. If it works out, it works out. If not, um, I can't be too upset because I didn't know much about this school, but um, yeah. So, so glad and shout out to 18 year old pal for doing it and just, you know, deciding, <laughs> you know, why not? So. Shout out to 18 year old pal. <laughs> and now let's get into like actual like day to day at UCSD. So yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I met you because you lived with Andre, right? And the yeah, first Ravel year yep. in Ravel in Argo, sixth floor. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, I just remember uh, that was such just a serendipitous interaction, I think, because only reason I met Andre is because I was a person in the Facebook group like, oh, who's trying to get beat in 2K. And then Andre was like, pull up. So I came to Argo and then I just meet all these people. I didn't think I was going to ever interact with y'all beyond that day, but look at us now. And like you said, like <laughs> nine years later. Yeah, dude. And I also think too, like shout out to all the SAC organizations too. Cause I think when I did KP board, you were also on BSU board mm -hmm. and just also that those cross collaborations between the two orgs. And I think just being really involved in campus as far as like, you know, community wise and the people that we were here to like really support and who supported us I think that's what established those relationships because I do think about first year I was never in the suite but by, by some chance I was when you came through and I was like I, I'm not a big video game person at the time I was like all right people just pull up to play video games like oh, that's right. college I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make my way to get a burrito at goodies real quick but if you need anything holler but yeah it was a different time for real yeah such a different time and let's talk a little bit about kp too i had this conversation with the hyphy doc shout out to cam uh, but i just remember when i was involved with bsu and would see like some of the kp events uh y'all just always look like such a tight-knit family like everybody had their like family their kuyas their audience yeah. and whatnot and i was just like wow like kp is so cool so talk a little bit about that kp experience and what that community meant for you while you were a student yeah i think so if I think back to like pre-undergrad and kind of that wanting to assimilate to like, you know, Valencia being a predominantly white space and kind of navigating my own identity as a Filipino American and, you know, kind of rejecting that Filipino side of myself and not really um, having the space to explore that identity. I think coming to the, like a space like KP where everyone was very like, oh yeah, we had such a shared experience. Oh my God. Like I didn't know that I was, I wasn't the only one who had you know, spam every Sunday after church and just those little nuanced things that really made like, you know, my upbringing something that I could relate to other people with um, is what for me kind of fostered that connection and community on campus. I think a lot of us, you know, living on campus, it was um, our first time being on our own, first time being away from home for extended periods even. And so um, finding those people that really you know, I, I was able to connect with on like a deeper level that really understood me as a person that I didn't even know I understood myself right. as um, to help me find that um, Filipino-ness, if you will, and kind of embrace that um, was, you know, it was really, I was really grateful for it. And then beyond that, just having a lot of similarities in terms of like same classes, same, you know, same college, we go to the same events all the time. And so having like those one-off, like, oh, I saw you at that event, or we have this class together, let's go to the study GBX, or what do I call it, study jam, study GBM, whoa, <laughs> study jam real quick, or go to GBM even, you know, like, let's let's meet up um, after class together, or let's walk together, um, and yeah, and that the the whole, like, mentorship program of the Kuyas and Nathas and the Oddings really helped, you know, build that connection in such a large organization, meeting people on a one-to-one -one basis, and 
building little families, if you will, that, you know, made it feel a lot more homey. Um, yeah, I think, I think fondly on it a lot, just because it really, I think for me, if it wasn't for KP and like spaces like KP, I, the, the, my, my journey through undergrad would not have been the same at all. And I don't know if I would have made it, but we did. So we are forever grateful forever grateful for the SAC community. Uh, shout out to KP, BSU, all the SAC orgs. Um, yeah, I don't think it can be overstated just how much community means in a college setting. Like whether you're at a PWI, even if you're at, like if you're a Black student HBCU, I think that there's always a need for a community of like-minded people, uh, people with shared experiences, because I think something even as little as, because you mentioned having spam after church on Sundays, <laughs> like that's something so minuscule, but it's like, yeah, like, I'm not weird. Like this is something that people will do like that type of thing. Yeah. And I will always be grateful for just some of those connections that I made at UCSD. Cause yeah, made so many great, great connections. Yeah. And I want to give you uh, some space, uh, kind of walk you into a shout. I want you to go ahead and give some love to birdhouse. Cause I know y'all just yeah. had a birdhouse reunion lately. Yes, sir. Shout out to birdhouse, the hypey doc cam, my roommate of like, even since orientation to orientation, summer bridge first year through fourth year. Uh, even like two years after Christian, we lived together like roommates, um, Josiah, Nikki, like everybody's just doing hella big things. We actually just came back from a weekend together up in San Francisco as our little birdhouse reunion of the year. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. Always doing between two in med school, one also in tech with me, one doing, got his master's working at UCSD now. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like you think about the the times we would be up at like 3 a.m. really stressing about one final or one paper, mm -hmm. one piece of homework that felt so important at the time. And then stepping back now and seeing what everyone's up to. And like at this point, reaching our, God, it sounds gross, but like our late <laughs> 20s and pushing that 30 year old boundary. It's like, you know, we're really doing it, you know, and it's just want to shout out to them because they were, you know, I, I grew up with only sisters too. So having the first set of boys that I felt like were my brothers, like from the brothers from another mothers, like it was something that um, really kept me grounded in different ways. So shout out to Birdhouse, where the name comes from. I guess that could be a different episode because I need to make sure I got the facts right. But Birdhouse, shout out, established 2016, 2015. I don't remember, but shout out to y'all. <laughs> so. Shout out to Birdhouse. We're two members of Birdhouse in, so we're going to have to get Chris on the podcast next, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, he's up next. I mean, he's also doing big things with his admission stuff, so shout out. Yeah, shout out to Chris. Uh, so let's go ahead and transition into your passions with cooking. And where I want to start this is you put an Instagram post up, I think it was either earlier, yeah, earlier this week or no, it was last yeah, week. Yeah, I think last week, yeah. Yeah, you put up an Instagram post last week and you kind of highlighted just your journey getting to where you are today. So uh, the part of the Instagram post that stood out to me was you said that when I was little, I remember I used to pretend I had my own cooking shows while in a bubble <laughs> bath. And so I just want to like, let's... <laughs> Go back in time to Young Pow and talk about some of these bubble bath cooking shows, like yes, and just sir. you falling in love with cooking. Yeah, that's so funny. So it's funny because when I was I was at the airport basically when I was writing that caption, just reflecting on different moments in my life where I felt a connection to cooking or the sharing the passion of cooking or even just watching cooking and like thinking like it's such a universal thing that every like you need food to eat, you need nourishment to sustain yourself and it's such a universal way to connect with people. And so when I think back to 
being younger, being surrounded by like, you know, family members, grandma, dad, gra other grandma, and mom, but just everybody just loved to cook. And I think um, when I first saw the Food Network with my grandma, we used to watch Rachel Ray's 30 minute meals or Sanjali's like semi-homemade and being like, wow, they're really on TV, just like making food, getting paid to like eat on TV. Um, <laughs> I wanna do that. And so, um, I I don't even know how old I was, but I, I there was like a few times when we had like you know both. So in the Philippines, there's what you call the tabo. It's basically a bucket. You use it mm. to bathe yourself. You use it to cleanse yourself. You use it to like you know for water because there's not a lot of running water in the Philippines. And so the tabo is like a staple like bathroom thing, or like even in the kitchen, you use it to wash the floors and stuff. Um, and so I used to use our tabo as like my pots and pans. I'd like so you know like when you have a shower there's like the inner curtain and then the outer curtain that's more decorative yeah. so I would like pretend like that um back curtain was like my backstage and I'd be backstage <laughs> they're like about to announce me walking in and then I'd like come around the corner to like the front of that back the back curtain and still have that front decorative curtain and yeah it was clear too. you know how it's like a clear and kind of looks like a tv for me like in my head little elementary school proud just being like or I don't, I don't remember how old I was. Whenever you take about that, like I was doing that and I was like, yo, I want to have a cooking show. So I'd take out my toggle, like, oh, we're going to take a splash of this. I take my mom's like shaving cream or like a little bit of this and it's my dad's shampoo and then mix it up with some water. It makes bubbles like, and this is the foam. And like, <laughs> and I'd have like my audience in my head just like clapping it up and be like, yeah. It was, it was like, it, I thought, I thought that I just completely forgot about me ever doing that until that reflection in the airport just being like why why did I forget about that like what right. was it that like prompted me to even do that you know and so yeah I thought fondly on that and how it's like transition now even to with social media like at the time there was no Instagram there was no Facebook or you know Twitter even and so to be able to like come into this space now where it's like my I'm kind of doing it in a similar way but now with, yeah. with the resources I have um it's like you know it's grown a lot with me and so it's it's was one of the things that i'm like you know i think little pal would be really proud like this is really happening <laughs> so yeah this this is really happening uh when you take bubble baths nowadays do you do cooking shows also or is are you retired from the bathroom cooking scene i think i'll consider i think it, it might just have to do it one time for the one time i don't know i'll, I'll send pics <laughs> like, Maybe I'll that'll be, my be... Bathing suit, though. don't worry. I got you. <laughs> It'll be kid friendly. <laughs> I must say, maybe that's how you go viral cooking pal pals bathroom cooking that... show. <laughs> It'll be a series. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's weirder stuff on the Internet. You you never know. Never know. Um, but no, that's that's amazing. I think that just thinking back at those moments when we're younger and being able to connect the dots in retrospect, like, huh, like yeah. this is always something that either I was meant to do or that I love doing. And so I think those moments where you really just realize like, huh, like the cards are kind of lining up because we even talked about like just those stresses of like preparing for a final at UCSD, like mm -hmm. all those moments in the moment seem like they're lasting forever, but it's like, huh, right. things did work out in the end. So yeah, I love that story. Yeah, and like I even too when I was um, thinking like even also writing about it and thinking about like who inspired it and like thinking about family and being like I wish they had photos of me doing that but at the same time if they did it would never see the light of day so <laughs> it's you know double edged sword not too sure how I feel about it yet but yeah I just wanted to share it with you know that like from where it started where it's now it's like that's 
that for me just one of those like reflecting things like good for good for young pal he, he really he's still there and he's still doing it so I love that for young pal. And I think the story of just how you painted the picture of you and those Bobo Bass, I, it was even more magical than I was <laughs> anticipating. I was looking, this is my question I was really looking forward to asking. I just want to you talk about it and it, it fit the it fit the standard I was looking for. I got it delivered. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. And our listeners do too. Um, so now further on in the caption, you talked a little bit about kind of launching cooking pow pow uh 2020 of course it can't go understated just how much happened in the year 2020 um so how about you talk about what you were experiencing in 2020 what you were feeling in 2020 that led to you launching cooking pow pow yeah good question and so obviously 2020 hit everybody in different ways and like for me one of the hardest things was just not being able to see family as often as I used to um, I think, you know, there was, there was always that like, oh, I could only see family for like a few days, like two days max, then I'll like retreat back to my space. But I think when you don't even have the option to even go see family, one for their safety, two, because you don't even know what the heck is going on out in the world. Like, I think at the start of the pandemic, it was like, you, you're so afraid to even step outside your door because you don't, yeah. we didn't know anything about coronavirus or like what, what it looked like or what it was going to turn into. So um, I think for me, like just having that missing connection and like feeling like, you know, I can't go home anymore. Like, how do I bring home to San Diego? And I, you know, I, being out here for a few years, I don't think I really gave myself that space to like think about that. You know, I think I was so adamant about this is my new space. I need to establish my my new self, my adult self out here and kind of like forgetting. I don't want to call it forgetting, but you know, like family's always going to be there. But like this was my moment to like really be an individual. But once that freedom to go home whenever I needed to was like lost, I was like, damn, like I miss my home cooked food. I miss being able to see my mom and just hit, see my grandma, get some of her food. And, you know, and I think that was, you know, food has always been such a big part of our family in, in terms of like showing love, showing like showing someone you care about them. And so I wanted to kind of reconnect with that and kind of teach myself how to make my own Filipino food. Um, so I went to YouTube University for a lot of the early stages, like, you know, learning from different Filipino chefs and looking up in, like recipes on Google and kind of taking pieces of things that I liked from their recipes, but also thinking back to how my grandma used to make things and being like, yo, like, I remember she would put, you know, X, Y, Z into this, mm -hmm. which I didn't see in the online article. Let me try combining the two or let me try adding something that I would have added. Mm -hmm. And so I think... I started sharing that on my on my personal IG's stories just as like a for funsies, like what else am I gonna share in my stories other than me be sitting at home again or dyeing my hair again because there's <laughs> nothing else to do during the pandemic, but be home. And so I was like, I'm gonna share some food thing. Maybe someone wants to cook with me or try it. Um, and I think it was just very exciting for me to like see the engagement that it was starting to get like, oh my God, I'm so glad you did this. Oh, can you do this next? I remember even Andre hit me up like, yo, when you do adobo, let me know. I'm like, okay, let, like we're going to make adobo chicken wings. We'll take it a step further. Um, and so that was one of the, where it first started was sharing it on my personal IG stories and kind of just like, you know, every so often being like, okay, this weekend I'm going to try this or this weekend I'm going to try that. Um, but I think as I started kind of like building a, a few recipes that I really was enjoying making um, and sharing, people were like, why don't you just make a separate IG? Just do it. And, I, and you know, at the time I was like, it's too late to make a new IG. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's kind of yeah. like for me now, like I'm not going to make a TikTok. It's not going to be cool anymore when I make one. 
Um, and so I think that's what was like kind of preventing me from doing it pre-pandemic even. Um, but you know, pandemic time, like not having a lot of other things to do, I'm like, you know, fuck it, let me just try it. I've already established some things that I've enjoyed doing. Um, some folks are asking for it. If they're not asking for it, it's not for them. So, you know, this is for the people who want to support and want to see it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so that's when Cooking Pow Pow was born. It was, what was it, January, I want to say like third, like it was literally the, the start of the new year, 2021. I was like, this is the year, and my words, every year I have a different word of the year. Mm -hmm. The year, the word of 2021 was energy. And I was like, I want to focus my energy on things that I enjoy doing and that, that I want to start seeing come to fruition. And so for me, that looked like just doing it, just make the Instagram cooking pow pow, start like uploading some of the previous videos I used to have. And then from there, see where it, what it turns into. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think that's what, is continuing to keep me doing it is like you know right now I'm in my baking phase like who's to say a year from now it's going to transition to like I don't know pop-ups and things like that I mean I have a logo now maybe it'll be more yeah. savory things that we're going to sell and so I think that's that's where it started initially was just like using the pandemic as that this is my time to just you know I have all this time to myself let me further develop what I enjoy doing um, in a way that also I can share with people that we're asking for like family, friends, um, and also, I, and at the beginning too, it's more for myself just to have a record of like, okay, if someone wants to come over, let me check back some of my old recipes. It's right there. I could watch myself make it and I could just do it all over again. So it's a, it's a good mixture of like things for others, but also like yeah. things for myself. So no, I think that I love that. Um, there's a few things that you mentioned that I want to touch on and I probably should have wrote them down. I'm like, ah, I'm a podcaster. I'll just go off the dome. <laughs> um, first things that's easy to talk or to remember for me, rather, you mentioned energy being the word of 2021. What was the word of 2022? 22 was self. And so I think mm. I was so focused on putting energy into outward things that like I kind of neglected myself. And so 2022 was the year to focus on me again my own mental health, physical health, my own, my priorities of what I wanted, what I need. And so I, that was the year of 2022. And now do you come up with these words ahead of the year, at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year? Do you know what 2023 is going to be? We've thought about it. I think like it doesn't, for me, so like also too, like Filipinos are very superstitious around New Year's. There's a lot of different things we mm. do from like banging pots and pans, throwing coins at the ceiling, having 12 round fruits at the table. Um, oh, wow. And so one thing that I've added for myself, it was actually the, the year that I started, at, um, was it 2019 was the first year that I did it. I was like, I want to just have a word for myself that I can always reflect back on. So it started with gratitude, which was very fitting for 2019, um, 20, oh, no, 2020, wait, 2019 to 2020, that, that new year. Yeah. Um, so 2020, and then, which was very fitting because of the pandemic and everything, gratitude was very important for me to like get through it. Um, so I think I'm going to wait until, I mean, I have words and ideas right now. No spoilers yet. We'll see it <laughs> probably soon. I mean, New Year's is coming up. So I'm going to have probably a, a list of words and kind of just sit with myself and think, all right, which one do I resonate with most in this moment that I think will make it through the year. So yeah, the year, the words so far are flowing, but not, we haven't narrowed it down just yet. I mean, maybe we'll get three or three words this year. I don't know. It might grow. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll get ambitious. <laughs> three for 23. Hey, and no spoilers. Though. I love it. We will check back in with you in 2023 <laughs> to see how the new word is going. Um, 
the other thing that I wanted to mention was I think at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was staying at home, a lot of people were posting their chef skills online. Um, A lot of people were experimenting with things. Not everyone was successful, though. I think that sometimes I would look at people's stories and I'm like, I see what you're trying, but, (laughs) you know, but then I would scroll on your story and I'm like, oh, I need to see pal today. (laughs) Shoot. Shoot. Yeah, no, I do recall you would you would be sliding the DMs be like, and you got leftovers? Let me yeah. Come hey, less. <laughs> nah, like I just because I think one of the more understated things about the pandemic is you're really just whatever food you feel comfortable going to get and whatever right. you're cooking, you're not really sharing food with a lot of people. And right. it, it was just something about like the lack of access to Filipino food. And I was looking at your <laughs> Instagram post and I'm like, man, like what I would give to just try this place. <laughs> But like you mentioned, like we're separated from people. Uh, yeah. There's concerns about safety and whatnot and love for people's families, not wanting to expose anybody. So I yeah. uh, just wanted to emphasize to the listeners, if they haven't already followed you on Instagram, uh, just to know that, nah, you you be throwing down in the kitchen. I feel like thank I can you. smell the flavors through the oh, screen every you. time you post on IG. So. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, that, yeah. I think that was one of my biggest insecurities is like, like you said, there were so many people that, like you know how sourdough is such a big thing everyone was making yep. sourdough and everyone's making sandwiches and everyone's doing it. right now it's butterboards and I'm like I just like didn't want to fall into like a, a space where I was just reliant on trends for what was to come next I wanted to like share parts of Filipino culture that I grew up eating and that I wanted to be like yo this is what I you know my interpretation of my kare kare or like how my grandma made it um, and so I think that's why it feels I think and I, I'm hoping I'm not like projecting how other people felt but I think like for me watching my own story sometimes like it feels authentic you know it's like no it does it's a level of you know it's a family recipe slash fusion of newer flavors that I have access to that I didn't used to have access to um and it's just like you know trying to find ways to make it you know in- engaging while also being like you know this was my story of the meal that I grew up with so now I would like to transition us to a put us on segment. So I would like you to let us know, like, what are some Filipino foods that people should try if they either haven't tried Filipino cuisine before? Because I know a large percentage of our listener base probably hasn't had a lot of Filipino food. I know I didn't really have Filipino food, so I came to San Diego. So uh, go ahead and put some of the listeners on to some food that they should be trying. Yes. Out for. Definitely. I would say, I mean, if you're everyone knows the lumpias, which are the egg rolls. Everyone knows the pancit, which is the noodles. And they know the adobos, which is like the soy sauce, vinegar, garlicky meat. Um, but the the thing about the Philippines too, it's, it's very regional, like based on which part of the North, South, or like even Central Philippines, there's different ways food is made. So even if you wanted to explore different types of adobo, like some people put coconut milk, some people put mm. potato, um, you know, there's different ways you could experience Filipino food, even if you've had it before. Um, one thing that's my absolute favorite is kare kare, which is like a peanut peanut based stew. Um, I like it with tripe and it traditionally has tripe and oxtail, but um, oxtail has been getting really expensive lately. I don't know who's deciding the prices on these right now or like why it's so expensive, but oxtail used to be so cheap, but now everybody wants it. Um, so if you're feeling indulgent, make your kare kare with some oxtail for that authentic experience. Um, and yeah, that, that, I think that's one thing that um, I 
I, a lot of people have tried it, but they're not too sure how they feel about that peanuttiness. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one thing that I like. If I'm going to a Filipino restaurant, I'm always going to get the kare kare and then the crispy pata, which is like a fried pork um, hand, hawk. Is that what you call it? The hawk? Um, mm -hmm. Whatever. The pork's hand, <laughs> the, the trough. <laughs> whatever it's called. I promise. Whatever it's called. <laughs> it's fried, it's crispy, it's so mm. good. Um, yeah, I, th those are the two that I would say. If you haven't had Filipino food and you're looking for something that's like hearty, those two, and seasoning, gotta throw in the seasoning too. So. Yeah, I made myself hungry asking you that question because was, <laughs> the way you was describing that, I'm like, man, like, is there a Filipino restaurant near me that's on DoorDash or something? I know, like, what time is it? I mean, they always close so early too. There's no the mom and pop shops. It's always by like 7 p.m. Like, you missed it. No. Sorry. <laughs> And it's like, I understand, but man, I feel like some food just right. only sound, it's always like 8 p.m. It's like, ooh, this will sound good. Close, close, yeah. close, close. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get y'all some Filipino food. Do yourself a favor. If you've never had Filipino food, even if you haven't had the basic things like lumpia, like go go get you some like ASAP. It's delicious. Would recommend. Def 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we talked about most of the Instagram posts, but the one thing that kind of led up to the Instagram post was your interview with Tita and Kuya. Yeah. So I wanted to give you some space to talk about like what that interview meant for you, what was the process like, and just how that inspired the post just in general. Yeah, so shout out to Tita and Kuya. So they are this, um, they originally started as a YouTube channel. They were making videos on you know little skits sometimes. They have different series of different videos that they have. And one of the things they have is called Kapwa Talk. So Kapwa meaning like community or like in the people. Um, they have Kapwa Talks where they feature different Filipino artists, creators, businesses. Um, and in October is Filipino, Filipino American History Month. I just get a message leading up to FAM. They're like, hey, we're Tita and Kuya. We're looking to you know highlight stories and we came across your page. We'd love to feature you. And for me at the time, and like my, my partner was on the couch with me when I got that message, I'm like, hey, like, do you think this is legit? Like, I, there's a level of imposter syndrome too. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I don't even have a business. Like, it, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't official business. Yeah. Um, it's on the side of people wanted cookies, just hit me up. But um, <laughs> on the, I didn't have an official business and I was like, should I do it? Should I, you know, there was a level of, I don't know if I'm worthy of this kind of like exposure, but then, you know, I think him encouraging me and like my own reflection on like, you know what, this was an opportunity to really share my story, um, to really for myself all to also to reflect back on why I'm doing this and kind of revitalize my my energy to keep growing Cooking Pow Pow. Um, they did um, a couple talk with me where they allowed me to share my story, talk about, um, you know, what inspired me to do Filipino food and my own journey growing up as a Filipino American and then also doing a live demo of one of my favorite dishes, tortantalong, which is like an eggplant omelet. Um, mm. They had me feature, you know, how I make it live on Instagram. And for one, that was my first time ever doing Instagram live. So, you know, it was a nice little icebreaker into <laughs> getting thrown into it and really having to learn how to do it. Um, but also just really grateful for them to put me out there. And, you know, I, and I, I talk to them often too about how, you know, I'm so grateful for the platform that they created and allowing me to be a part of that and a part of their story as much as they're part of my story. So that was what inspired that post, you know, just them giving me that space to share my story and then post, post the live being like, yeah, that really happened. And then spiraled into like, I used to do that in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of, 
a lot of that kind of retrospective um, just gratefulness for all those little moments that led up to that point. Oh, absolutely. I think that's also why I like starting this podcast because there's so many stories that go into who we are and Mm -hmm. the things that people are doing. And I think that too often we only hear about what the celebrity story is like, oh, what did Jay-Z do before he became Mm Jay-Z? What did Kanye do before he became Kanye? But I think being able to share people's stories at the earlier stages of their careers, like as they're becoming who they are, uh, as they're figuring out who they are. Like even you mentioning, like it was not too long ago where you didn't even feel like you had a business and just being able to hear that, I think is impactful for a lot of people who maybe they are thinking kind of what you're saying earlier about like, Oh, it's too late to start this, or I don't know if I can do this. So no, just shout out to you for being able to do that interview, to do that IG live, because trust me, I've, I hear you on the like, oh, like me, like y'all want to me? <laughs> yeah, no, and like even for you too, like all the podcasts that you've done and like all the spaces you've curated, like I'm like, Kyler's like, he's doing it. Like he's a podcaster, he's a creative, he's has his books that, you know, if you haven't bought a, one of Kyler's poetry books, do it already. Like, what are you waiting for? But yeah, no, it's it's, it's wild to think about, like, because like you said, there we don't, give our space the opportunity to like, you know, self-celebrate in those little moments, those little wins. And I'm going to listen back to this podcast like a year from now and be like, damn, I was in a different place than I was now. (laughs) And it's just like, I think that's what I really enjoy about this whole, and being able to share stories and hear other people's stories because it it really does add up to this grander, who you're going to be, where you're going to be in the future. So yeah, really grateful. Awesome. So we're rounding out to the tail end of the podcast. I have a few quick header, quick hitters, uh, some things that just came up during the interview too that I just wanted to know more about. So first, talk to me about like, what's the vibe like when you're in the kitchen cooking? Like, is there music playing? Are you dancing? Like, <laughs> what, what kind of zone are you in when you're in the kitchen? Great question. I think at the if I'm cooking for myself and not for the Instagram obviously music's blasting we got either it's either gonna be like some 90s r&b or a SZA album it's gonna be super chill because i think like that's my time to zone like it's just mm-hmm. chill vibes like we it really does it's my time to just really reconnect myself separate from the day um and just be you know remind myself like cooking's fun like it's like a whether whether you because it can be intimidating I will admit like when you're kind of not sure what you're making cooking can be intimidating Mm -hmm. but that's the joy of it you know like it's a journey to like see like you start with these raw ingredients put it together these flavors just somehow come out to this dish that you made you get to enjoy the fruits of your own labor and so having a good good song on having a good sometimes even a movie in the background mm. dancing around like just it's really like one of those moments just be like I'm I'm doing this for me like you know but if it's for the Instagram then like sometimes I have like you know cut and paste all right I have everything set up and then cut now we record this thing okay <laughs> cut you know so depends on the day it depends who we're cooking for and what we're what we are cooking but for the most part always just the end the end result is the best part because you're like man I did that you know I made that and you get to share it with people I mean if you're willing you get to share it with people so that's the vibe for sure 
that's what I figured the vibe would be, but it needed <laughs> you to, because you're definitely, you give me like scissor vibes while you cooking. Like there, there, I feel like just looking at how the food looks at the end. Like I was like, nah, Powell listens to some like R&B, like he, he chilling in the kitchen. Um, when it comes to taste testing, does your partner get to taste test your food or do you have to perfect it before he gets to taste it? I think it's a good mix of both. Cause I think like, from, especially when it's like a Filipino dish that he hasn't tried yet, it's like very subjective. Like it's, he's not mm-hmm. sure what it's supposed to taste like, but in my head I do. So I think that's something that he's been helping me get out of too, is like being so not critical of my own. Cause like I have a perception of what I wanted it to be, but it's still good. Like it's still a great dish, but like I have like, oh, but I forgot to add this thing and stuff like that. But he does get to taste test. He does get to give me like the reassurance like yo like I know it's not like 100% perfect but it's perfect you know what I mean so I think I I will I'll keep him as my official unofficial taste tester for some time unpaid but you know he gets paid in food (laughs) yeah no I get it paid in food is lovely like I think that's (laughs) that's more than enough um next question uh thinking about the times where either keeping up with your content or just trying to be a cooking professional like where that gets tough were there times where you wanted to give up on it or wanted to change trajectory and if so how did you overcome those challenges yeah I think like there's moments where I fall into a rut of like I don't want to cook today and actually like since I've been doing a lot more baking lately I it's been hard to find the motivation to do more because that's what I started doing first was savory dishes a lot more traditional Filipino like family dishes and so um, right now I'm in that weird transition of like, am I going to go the baking route? I can still do it and like still do the, the savory on the side or 50, mm-hmm. 50, but I think energy wise, like it's not always easy to know like what it is that I'm going for sometimes. But I think what helps me get out of that space is like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I'm just happy to be sharing the food that I make to be sharing, whether that's as a video or as like cookies that I'm selling on the side, like it's my opportunity to spread that level of comfort or joy or representation, even for someone who's like, oh my God, I remember that dish that I haven't had in so long. Thank you for sharing that. Um, It's been a lot of, you know, seeking that kind of for myself, fulfillment in knowing that um, it it meant something beyond just like a shitty day at work. And I just need Mm -hmm. to make something quick for an Instagram post, you know? Yeah, I love that um next up where do you get your inspiration from um initially I you know I think back a lot on family dishes growing up um that's a major source you know thinking about oh I remember I haven't had that in a while let me learn how to make that um sometimes it's you know just watching other videos on YouTube and like falling down a rabbit hole of like, oh, next suggested video is this recipe. I'm like, oh, I haven't had that in a long time. Let me watch it there the way that they do it and then think about how I would want to do it. Um, so I think that's where a lot of inspiration comes from for sure. That's real. That's real. Um, and then this one, I think just can be very helpful for some people listening to this. What is your words of, or what are your words of advice for people who say they can't cook? <laughs> shout out to ratatouille because uh, <laughs> anyone can cook <laughs> um yes i think like there there is like a level of like i said earlier there's a level of intimidation when you go to the kitchen just because you know you're afraid it's not going to taste good or it's not and i think that's the, the the excitement of cooking you really learn what your palate is you learn what it is that you like everyone has different preferences on what 
their lumpia filling is, what their bunset filling is. And that's the joy of being able to free yourself from the expectation that it has to be perfect. Just like go into the kitchen, find some things that you, or even go to the grocery store, find one ingredient that you've never tried. Look it up on Google, see like flavor profiles, how you can cook it, what it pairs good with. Um, and that's like kind of like a gateway to just start building up an understanding of, you know, this, this kind of fruit goes well with this kind of dish or this kind of vegetable goes good with this kind of dish. And so um, anyone can cook, don't be afraid to cook. The, the thing that scares me still a little bit is deep frying. Um, but once mm. we get over that hump, there's like, I think technique things, sometimes there's like a level of still fear, but you know, once you do it like safely, obviously, um, you know, it's going to be definitely worth it. And like, don't have that pressure on yourself to, to make a perfect dish. You know, I think I've had a lot of shitty dishes where I don't, I mean, I'll still eat it because I'm not a wasteful person, <laughs> but you know, you'll, you'll find, you'll find what doesn't work and then you'll never do it again. And so I think that's, you know, it's, it's like they said, you're always learning. If you'll learn something new every day, challenge yourself to try new flavors. I mean, I could very much do fried rice every day if I wanted to, but there's, you could get bored of it. So just try, try one thing. I mean, once a month or once a week, just try something new. Um, and then, you know, if you have leftover ingredients, look them up and be like, what else can I do with this? And that's going to be a fun way to learn new things in the kitchen. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Um, there's just so many resources out there, whether it's YouTube videos, yeah. uh, food recipe channels, food network recipes. There's so many ways that you can have access to different recipes. So I highly encourage anybody to just go in the kitchen, see what ingredients you have, try to throw something together, uh, talk to some of the elder folks in your family like <laughs> about their uh, experiences cooking or things that they love to eat when they were younger. I think that there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of culture in the food that we eat. And I think that spans across culture. So it's important for people to really, yeah, get into your chef bag. I'm I'm all for people learning how to cook. 100. And fully support uh, getting in your chef bag. <laughs> I'm going to coin, you should coin that. <laughs> getting in your chef bag. Hey, we can, Kylerisms is what they are. Uh, one of my friends, one of our, the number one supporter of this podcast, I would say they listen to the episode like first every time I post it, they like message me like, oh, you say that's really real a lot or you say this I'm like, <laughs> dang, like you really be listening to the words that come to my mouth. That's crazy. Um, but as we close out this episode, uh, one, I just want to give you an opportunity to share where people can find you on social media. Uh, we talked about it a bit, but why don't you give a very cut and dry plug for how they can find you? Yes, sir. So find me on Instagram right now, solely on Instagram website in the works now that we got the logo. Um, but Instagram handle is at cooking pow pow. That's cooking P-A-O P-A-O. Cooking pow pow. And then just yeah, any shameless plugs or things that you have coming up, whether it's pop-ups or recipes you're working on, anything you want to share with the listeners? Yes, sir. Um, right now, no pop-up scheduled yet. We're in the holiday season, so it's you know, we're kind of in a little bit of a hiatus, but to keep an eye out because we definitely will be having more pop-ups coming. Um, I do work alongside a few other bakers in the San Diego area. We sometimes do little fundraiser pop-ups down in South Park at Mateo. 
Um, so keep an eye out um, and also just follow Cooking Pow Pow. You might find some, you know, some reels on some fun Filipino food, maybe Filipino fusion or even something completely random. Who knows? The future is and, you know, it's going to be a lot. We're going to do a lot with this. We're going to make sure it keeps growing. We're going to stay engaged and let me know, you know, send your DMs if you want to see something that you haven't seen. You have suggestions on what kind of fusions you want to see. Let me know. Always open to exploring and learning and providing that space for people too. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Uh, also, we didn't explicitly say it on episode, but Pal makes the best ube cookies in the world. I'm oh, willing period. To, <laughs> I'm willing know. to die on that hill. <laughs> I brought a couple dozen to my family on Thanksgiving and they love them. Uh, it's funny because my granny's favorite color is purple and she didn't realize the cookies oh, nice. were actually purple at first. She's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the cookies are purple. I'm like, yeah, and they're delicious. So. Yes, ma'am. No, I'm so great. That's so, that's so, that's so great to hear because I think like that's the thing about, um, you know, trying cross-culturally to like sharing something as simple as a cookie could really open up someone's understanding to like, oh, I've never seen a purple cookie or like even too, I think that's what right now I will say that is my my staple that's always going to be on rotation. So if you know want to order some, I actually have a few dozen ordered for this week for this Christmas holiday. We're a little bit busy behind the scenes, but you know, we're getting through it. Um, yeah, so always happy to take cookie orders for you and your family for Granny. Whoever wants them, let them know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, pal, for taking the time out of your busy week to join the banquet hall. Uh, had a lot of great conversations today. Definitely hungry and craving some Filipino <laughs> food for sure. Uh, so I'm going to have to let you go so I can get some dinner in my system. Uh, but just thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for joining the banquet hall. Uh, looking forward to just seeing what's to come. And when you make it big, like let me give the first like cooking pow pow interview yeah. when you make it big. Oh, for sure. When we get that Michelin star, you get the, the exclusive. We're an exclusively to the banquet hall exclusives we love it uh but listeners thank you for tuning in make sure you follow cooking pow pow on instagram make sure you follow our instagram page at banquet hall pod uh you can follow the video on youtube just wherever you follow make sure you like subscribe share thumbs up whatever the people do nowadays to <laughs> trick the algorithm into getting more views on this stuff uh but most importantly make sure you share with a friend i think that it's important that we build together and that's kind of the goal of the banquet hall we have these different interviews to feed into everyone's network so uh whether you tuned into the bank hall for the first time to hear jada and you stayed for pal like mm -hmm. and vice versa let's feed into each other's businesses and we'll catch y'all next time all right bye everybody